I've got uh, something on my heart I want to share with you that I think will be very practical to you. Uh, and I pray the Lord will use it to encourage many of you and uh, all, uh, because I believe we're all facing these challenging days. I want to ask you a question, first of all. Uh, have you had, uh, you got anything that's broken that needs fixing? Anybody got anything broken needs fixing? I believe uh, us men, we are fixers. And when things break, we want to fix them. In fact, I've got right here in my hand uh, a treasured item. Uh, if you can see it from the back there, uh, a dear lady gave me this. It's a lighthouse and uh, special to me. However, uh, it's broken. That is, the glue has come apart, and, and so it's got a little light here on the uh, top of it that shines. It's got a battery in there that'll turn the light on. The lady that gave me this, she's with the Lord in heaven. She was in her late 50s, and she loved lighthouses. She wanted me to have this, and so I had the privilege of being with her just before she passed away and preaching her funeral, and this is a treasured item. Her name is Dawn. That's Sister Becky Henderson's daughter, but the problem is it's broken. I want to share with you a message that I think is going to be very relevant to every one of us. We're going to take a little detour from our study of the book of Revelation, although I could use a text, but I won't this morning. If it's broke, fix it. If it's broke, fix it. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, Pastor, that's not good English. I know it's not good English, but uh, it, it conveys the thought. If it's broke, fix it. Or if it's broken, fix it. Kind of speaking of English reminded me of the little girl that went up to the board. The teacher said to her, said, uh, I want you to write a complete sentence on the board. And so the little girl in the classroom went up to the board and wrote a sentence on the board. My teacher is very pretty. The teacher said, now I want you to find the object of the sentence. She said, the object, the object of the sentence is to make an A in the class, right? My, my teacher is very pretty. I did get an email, uh, well, it was a text message this week from a friend of mine, and here's what he said. He said, I sure am enjoying the messages on YouTube. He tunes in, and uh, he said, uh, boy, I, I'm listening. He said, I sure hope everybody else is listening. I said, I hope so too. <laughs> are you going to listen today? I believe you are. You wouldn't be here if you wasn't wanting to listen. But look, it's easy to be here not listening. You can look at I can look at you and stuff just go right past you. So I trust you'll prepare your heart this morning to listen, not only with your ears, but with your heart, and uh, do what God tells you to do. Speaking of listening, it reminded me of the man that suspected his wife was getting a little hard of hearing. Have you heard about it? So he went to the doctor, and the doctor said, I tell you what you need to do. You need to go home and stand 50 feet behind your wife and say something. See if she can hear you. Now, that is with her back to you. And then go 40 feet, 30 feet, 20 feet, 10 feet, then 5 feet. And so the man went home. He went uh, 50 feet behind his wife. She was standing at the kitchen counter. She didn't see him. He said, what's for supper? No response. 40 feet, what's for supper? No response. 30 feet, what's for supper? No response. 20 feet, what's for supper? Nothing. 10 feet. 
What's for supper? Nothing. Five feet. What's for supper? She turned around and said, I said chicken five times, all right? <laughs> Maybe she wasn't the one that was hard of hearing. It might have been him. But anyway, we call that selective hearing. If it's broke, fix it. Fix it. If some of our relationships with God, this broken, isn't it? And there's some of us that are broken, aren't we? Maybe you're brokenhearted over the condition of our world. I believe we are. Maybe you're broken, your prayer life is broken and needs fixing. Maybe your compassion and your vision to reach the lost is broken and needs fixing today. We're going to see a man in the Bible that faced a broken situation, and yet God is going to give us three of most life-important discoveries. Most important discoveries, three of them. Find a copy of the Word of God and look with Matthew chapter 1. Find Matthew chapter 1. Here, these are three most important discoveries. Is anything broken in your life? I believe it is. And I believe today that uh, there are some things that uh, you'd love to fix in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1 as we get nearer to the time we celebrate what we call the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's writing to Jews primarily, and you'll notice that the first thing that Matthew is led to do is to develop this genealogical line tracing our Lord Jesus and more so Joseph, the earthly father of the Lord Jesus. Now, Luke, on the other hand, wants everybody to know about Mary's descendants and her ancestors. We come to Matthew's Gospel, and we look at, please, verse 18. If you'd like to stand and read the Word of God, you may do so now. Broke. If it's broke, fix it. I'm preaching to somebody today that I know your heart is broken. And I'm preaching to some people today that feel like giving up. I'm preaching to some people today that uh, you see the condition of our culture that's broken, needing God, and you don't know how to fix it. Matthew's Gospel, I pray that God the Holy Spirit today will give us clear guidance as how we are to respond when things are broken in our life. Perhaps today, prior to us reading, you've got a strained relationship with your family. Maybe a daddy and a child or a mama and a child. It could be a child and a parent, a broken relationship. Maybe it's a husband and wife or a friendship relationship. If it's broke... Fix it. Well, how in the world can we fix it? We're going to discover that. Verse 18 of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. If you're there, say amen. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christos, was on this wise when as his mother Mary was his spouse to Joseph, engaged, if you will, what we would call today, before they came together, notice, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. If you read Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, you'll find out she faced her fear, fought her fear, she fed her faith, and she found favor with God. How many of you want to find favor with God? Amen. 
and amen and amen. Those of you that raise your hand, get with it, all right, because we need the favor of God. Oh, yes. And notice here, as we look at verse number 19, then Joseph, remember I said, are you listening? Then Joseph, her husband, being a decaious man, a righteous man, a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away quietly, privately, privily. That is, he wanted to put her away once he found out she was with child. And then notice verse 20. But while he thought on these things, please underline that. He thought on these things. Please underline that. Are you listening? Are you really listening? You need to get this. Please, I need to get this. God is going to show us some specific instructions as how we ought to respond when things are broken. God's going to lay it out for you today. And if you'll listen and receive the Word of God, I believe the Lord is going to break through in some of your relationships in your life. All right, keep reading now. Verse 19 again. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, he put away quietly. He thought about it at least. He was minded about it. Verse 20. But while he thought on these things, while he thought on these things, don't fly off the handle. Uh, don't shoot from the hip. Look, the people of God, we need to be men and women of prayer thinking on these things. Keep on reading. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not. Fear not. Say that with me. Fear not. Say that with me. Fear not. One more time. I love that. I see that all through the Scriptures, and yet I'm seeing uh, a people today that are living in fear instead of faith. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. I like this next part. For he shall save his people from their sins. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. He shall save his people from their sins. Oh, I could start shouting right there. Now, all of this was done that it might be fulfilled. Underline that, please. Underline that, please. That it might be fulfilled. Don't miss that. Are you listening? You're not listening, are you? Because that just went right over your head that it might be fulfilled. Don't miss that. You did get that, didn't you? That it might be fulfilled. Well, what does that mean? We're going to talk about it. That it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. By the way, the word virgin in the Old Testament is the word Alma, uh, translated uh, the Septuagint, which is Old Testament to the uh, Greek language is Parthenos, and also translated here, Parthenos. What does this mean? You can look up the Greek rendering. It means a woman who's never had a sexual relationship with a man, a virgin, all right? A woman never known a man in that context. And this is very important, beloved, that Jesus Christ be born of a virgin, okay? We don't worship Mary. Somebody say amen. We worship Jesus. And so there's extremes there. But anyway, but behold, a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son. They shall call his name 
Emmanuel. Say that with me. Emmanuel. Say it again. Hallelujah. Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Let's say that together. God with us. One more time. Do you believe God's going to be with you? Do you believe He's with you right now? I'm telling you, He is. And therefore, all the fears and the insecurities we have, Lord, you're going to be with me. Hallelujah. And then verse 24, Then Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. So let's ask God's blessings on our time together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bow before you to say we worship you. Lord, we don't worship things, material possession. We don't worship people, Father. We don't want to do that. We want to worship you. We don't want to worship money. We don't worship sports, Lord. We don't want to worship things. We want to worship you. You deserve the man to have first place in our life. So I pray you'll correct us, you'll change our mindset, our priorities. Help us, Lord, to, as you said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto us, our needs. And take no thought of tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of itself. Sufficient is the day thereof. So, Father, I'm needy this morning. I'm convinced there's a lot of people today that are here in this place that have got things that are broken and that are listening by way of live stream, broken, and we don't know what to do. We don't want to make a mess of things like sometimes I do when I try to fix things and, and it gets worse than it was before I started to fix it. I pray the revelation and the illumination and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost of God would fall fresh on our minds, our hearts, that you would uh, transform us and change us into your likeness, that you would cleanse my heart with the washing of water by the Word. And that, Father, every daddy that's here, every mama that's here, every grandparent that's here, every young person that's here, and those that are listening, Father, that we would get a word from heaven, that we would hear you say, this is the way, walk you in it, that God our Father, your Holy Ghost, would turn the light on the path, that we would not stumble in darkness and lean on the arm of flesh, but in all of our ways acknowledge you. So thank you now for those that have gathered here. We pray a special, extraordinary outpouring of your Shekinah glory upon the people of God, that we'd rejoice in you always, that we'd rise above the circumstances of the world. And, uh, Father, that you'd put joy in our hearts and peace that money can't buy, and your love would be shed abroad in our heart as we go in a dark and a dying and a desperate world with the good news that, Jesus Christ, you make the difference in our life. So thank you again. Thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you for, oh God, your glory this morning. And we yield afresh to you right now. And Lord, will you confess, and I pray every person here, Father, would say the same thing, that unless you illumine our mind and quicken our hearts, we have met in vain. We have uh, just given you lip service instead of, Lord, letting you change us and conform us to your image. So, Father, accomplish your will in these days 
And thank you for the souls that will be saved, hallelujah, and the lives that will be changed as we want to be faithful to the finish. I pray you'll encourage hearts today. You'll lift heavy burdens. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, bless you, and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. If it's broke, then fix it. Here's where we're going today. You ready? Number one, when, when, first of all, the first most important discovery in life when things are broken is this. You ready? If you're ready, say amen. All right. Are y'all listening? Are you really listening? You're not listening, are you? Okay. Here's what I'm saying. When, number one, when should you and I respond when things are broken and needing fixing? When should we respond? That's number one. We'll find that in verse 18, 19, 20. But number two, and don't worry about writing them down right now. I'll get them up on the screen just shortly. But number two, how should you and I respond when things are broken? And I'm not just talking about material things either. You know, washing machine, dryer, refrigerator, you know, vacuum cleaner. I'm not just talking about stuff broken like that. I'll be honest with you as I prayed just a minute ago. Some things we can fix, some things I can fix, but I'm glad, thank God, Brother William, there's some things if I get to start trying to fix it with my screwdriver and pliers, I mess it up worse than it really was, and I might as well have called somebody or paid them, Brother Ken, to go ahead and fix it to begin with, all right? But God is telling us today that there's some things that are broken uh, that we need to know how to fix them. Don't you want to know how to fix them? I'm not talking about putting glue on this either. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about fixing your prayer life. I'm talking about fixing a broken relationship with walking in fellowship with God. I'm talking about being broken yourself. There's many of us today that are broken. We've been down. We've been depressed. We're not sharing our faith. Why? There's broken. There's brokenness in us. There needs to be healing in us. How can that happen? I'll tell you how. Jesus Christ is the bomb of Gilead. Jesus Christ is great physician. Oh, yes, he is. So, number two is how. Not only when should we respond, number two is how shall we respond when things are broken. I want to know. How many of y'all want to know how to respond? I want to know what God says. I don't care about Dr. Field. I don't care what Oprah Winfrey says, bless God. I want to know what the Word of God says. Amen. Why? Because God knows how to fix the problems. There's some of you today, you've been trying to fix a problem. You can't do it. The sooner we get to the end of the rope of ourselves, the better off we are. God is going to give us some real key solutions as to how to fix the problem. All right. Number three, it's not only when things are broken and how, when we should respond and how should we respond. Number three, by the way, how is found in verses 20 through 22. Number three is why should we respond when things are broken and need fixing. Why should we respond? Now, this is very practical. And if you need, if you're one of those who got a perfect life and you don't have any problems and you, you look at everybody else and they've got problems, then you're not going to get anything out of the message. But I got a feeling there's a lot of people here that are broken. You're broken with sin. You're brokenhearted over the sin of our world. You're brokenhearted over the condition of some of our family. You're brokenhearted. Y'all listen to me. I was riding down the road. I left here on Tuesday night. I was taping for recording for a message, and God conveyed something to my heart. I began to think, 
Y'all listen now, I'm not throwing rocks now, but I'm just saying, I hope this stirs you up. There's a lot of people right now during this COVID-19 that they do not realize how much ground they're losing by not being under the Word of God and taking advantage of the things of God. I can't change that, but I can be a catalyst. You know what I'm talking about. You can't just snap your fingers and get back right with God. You start sliding, there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, according to Proverbs chapter number 14 and also chapter 16. And so, so what's what I'm saying? Uh, why do we need to, uh, look, we ought to have a burden for our families this, this day. You know they're not walking with God. You know that maybe even we are not where we ought to be with the Lord. And so I tell you, God's, God's going to show us some things today, number three, not only when and how, but why. All right, you ready? Here's where we're going. Number one, number one, when should we respond when things are broken and needing fixing? We live in a broken world. How many know that even last night I read in the paper this morning where there was riots going on and fighting and such in Washington, D.C., and, and there's a back and forth even in the political realm all the way up until January. It's tense. There's, there's regardless of where you're looking, uh, whether it be paper or TV or, I mean, it's, it's just we're living in a tense time and supposedly the vaccine is going to supposedly help this. And, and I don't know about all that, but I know this. I know when it's broken, thank God, God can fix the problem. He wants to fix the hearts of men and women. Number one, I want you to think with me. Number one, when things are broken, when should we respond when things are broken needing fixing? Let me just narrate the passage, can I, today? Here is Joseph, and all of a sudden, I want you to notice three responses. When we should respond when things are broken and needing fixing. Number one, when trouble and trials come knocking at our door, things are broken and needing fixing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, trouble? Knocking on your door? Hey, trouble doesn't live very far down the road. And if you're not facing trouble right now, you will be shortly hereafter, right? Trouble and trials come knocking on your door. So that's when we need to respond and uh, watch what the Lord does in this particular passage. God quickened this in my heart as I was studying and praying and seeing, Lord, there's a lot of things broken in our life. How can we fix them? Here's an example. Are you listening today? How many of y'all listening? Let me see your hand. You're not listening, are you? That's why you're not going to get anything out of it. I said, you got to listen with your ears. you got to look with your eyes. you got to receive it with your heart. Oh, yes, we live in a very distracted world, don't we? We do. you got to admit it. Man, I have a hard time concentrating. I do. Uh, you, you, know, and the, you know, things going here and there and yonder, it's, it's really hard to concentrate these days because a lot of things are going on. But it is what it is, and I'm thankful to God you're here. Now, listen, number one, when troubles and trials come knocking, here's Joseph. He's got a fiancé. And all of a sudden... He gets news, his fiancée is pregnant. Well, what do you think he, he's, what's going through his mind? Trouble comes knocking on his door. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, all kinds of thoughts start rolling through his mind. 
What? Mary's pregnant? It can't be. No way, Jose. Uh-uh. I, I, I'm, I do, no, no, no. Uh-uh. There's no way possible. By the way, that's serious business in the Old New Testament days. We're talking about stoning and so forth. And uh, at any rate, Joseph is going through this range of emotions. Something's broken. He don't know the big plan. What does he do? Same thing me and you ought to do. How do you respond? He could have said, you know, well, Mary, she'd been seeing somebody else. I'm, that's it. I'm out of here. No more. That's over. I'm gone. No. He could have said that, couldn't he? And the Bible says he could, he was intending to maybe to put away privately. So what was going through his mind? What goes through your mind? Don't look up here just a moment. What goes through your mind? What goes through your mind? What goes through your mind? Let's don't analyze Joseph. Let's analyze you. 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 Me. What goes through your mind when all of a sudden you're hit with trouble and trials? See, let's don't go through an analytical uh, mindset right now. Let's say, God, how do I respond? You know, do I hit the panic button? Do I fly off the handle? <laughs> I've been seeing some flies lately in our house. Flies, you know, flies that fly in the air. Reminded me of the two flies, speaking of handling and responding, two flies that gorged in some bologna on the counter, and they went and flew on a knife handle, and, and from there the flies, the owner of the house, was trying to kill them with a fly swatter. Meanwhile, they flew up in the air and died right there in the middle of the air. The moral of the story, next time you go flying off the handle, remember you might be full of bologna, all right? That's the key, all right? You might just be full of bologna. Hey, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you might just be full of baloney. Yeah, that's the instant response that we have. Now, y'all don't look at me like you're so spiritual. You know you do it too. You hit the panic button. You absolutely, we all go through the range. What in the world's going on? What do you do when you respond? When we were to respond, things are broken. They need fixing. Joseph's saying, what am I going to do? And that leads us to not only when trouble comes knocking on your door, but I want to give you something. You ready for this? I said, are you ready for this? Don't miss what I'm fixing to say because God really spoke to my heart about it. I think we ought to think on things. That's how we ought to respond. Think on things, pray about things before we shoot from the hip. Can I get a witness? I get that from verse, y'all don't miss this. Don't just say, well, I'm this way, and I'm redheaded, and I'm Irish. Oh, baloney, <laughs> you know? Come on. Let's live the spirit-filled life. Oh, yes, when we get in the flesh, then we can confess it, but many of us are responding in the flesh, and we're living in the flesh, and we're responding to things like I do at times, making a more mess of stuff, trying to fix it, and we complicate the problem. That's right. And so, can I just tell you this? Will you stop and think on things before you open your mouth? Can I put it that way? Look at this. Verse number 20. While he thought on these things, he thought on these things. What do you do first time you hear something? Well, I, 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 I got to pop some pills or something. Oh, 
think on these things. Yes, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. I'm being real. You know, when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, and who knows today what kind of news you'll get and I'll get. Y'all don't look at me like we're exempt from it. You know what I'm talking about. I suggest to you we get this down today because trouble and trials are going to come knocking on your door. Uh, consider it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials. <laughs> Knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance. James 1, 2 and 3. Uh, yeah, the testing of our faith being much more precious than of gold. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. Yeah, that's right. Job said he knows my ways. When he tried me, I shall come forth like gold. Job 23, 10. Yes, I tell you, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's say that together. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's say it again. We have a hard time with that, don't we? Come on, y'all be honest with me. This means yes. We have a hard time with that, don't we? I do. Do you? I believe you do. We all have a hard time. You know why? Because I want God to do what I want him to do, and if he doesn't do it, then I'm disappointed. I just described probably 99% of the people sitting here this morning. I, in fact, let me go on record. I talked with a man not long ago. In fact, he's in here right now. He can verify. He prayed about his uncle being healed. But his uncle was not healed. And God took him home. And you know what he told me? He said, and, and I'm not faulting him for this because I'm there too, yet by the grace of God. He said it, his response to it was such it put him in a tailspin and he got out of the will of God. Now, you can sit right here in church and still be out of the will of God. You can bow up at God and say, I'm not going to repent of my sins. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? We can go through the motions, and we all do it. We know we need to be in church, but then we're not really maybe doing what God wants us to do. And so we can still be, uh, the, the uh, proverb says that I was sitting in the congregation of the assembly, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but yet I wasn't really hearing God. I wasn't obeying the Lord. And then we, uh, and, and then we, 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 our Christian life is really not what it's intended to be. And then, if we're not careful, we want to quit on God and say, it ain't worth it. I, I, it ain't worth it. I tell you, if we'll follow the Lord and the Holy Spirit of God, he can fix a lot of our problems. That's all he's trying to do today is give us some instructions in fixing some of the problems, the mess we make. And we all do it. Now, right here, we can talk the talk, but the real proof of the pudding is when you go home and how you respond to your co-workers and your family and situations and circumstances that happen to us. Oh, listen, beloved. So Joseph thought on these things. He, he pondered these things. Do you ever do that? Do you need to do that right now? Maybe there's some things God's saying, you hadn't really been thinking on these things. Maybe he's saying this, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, Proverbs 20 through 7. Maybe the Lord's saying, meditate on the word day and night. But, but, but for some reason, we live in such a busy, fast-paced world. Y'all listen now. Are you listening? We've heard sermons that are truckloads. The problem is not information. The problem is application. And God's given us right here 
I don't know how easy a way to say it. A, B, C, one, two, three. If you'll do this, God says, I'll do this. Here's an example. When something's broken, how to fix it. Joseph, trouble came knocking on his door, but he began to think on things. There's some of you today, right now, need, some of us need to get with God. You've been so busy, you had not had time to get with God, have you, about this? And guess what? It just piles up more and more. You know, it doesn't fix the problem for us to suppress it and deny it and pretend like it's not there. He thought on it. He, no doubt, I believe he prayed about it. And not only that, but watch. When trouble knocked on his door, he thought about it. And then he trusted. Watch this. Y'all listen to me. I know you know this. I'm not asking if you know this. I'm asking you, will you do this? I'm not asking if you know this. I say, will you do this? He trusted in the Lord through the situation. I'm not asking if you know it. I know you know it. You've been in church and you know all the right language, but the question is, are we going to trust God through the situation? How do I know that? Look what he says. He says, in verse number 19, Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, ready to put her away privately and quietly, he thought on the things, verse 20, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, saying, Joseph, fear not, take unto thee Mary thy wife, for what is conceived is in her of the Holy Ghost. He trusted. Can you all listen to me a moment? See if you agree with me. See if you agree with me now. Y'all listen. Are you listening? I've had to say that about 10 times a day. I just feel led to say it. Because we get in a rut, don't we? And I get in a rut. There's some things that's going to happen in your life and my life that you will not be able to explain. The only thing we can do is trust God. That's it. You can't figure it out. You can't, and I can't manipulate God. I can't fix everything. Case in point, can I give you an example? My dad was in the hospital. I was praying for the Lord to heal him. How many know I was praying for my dad to be healed? My whole family was praying for my dad to be healed. Some of the family said, I know God's going to heal him. And they began to quote scripture verses here and there. Well, you got an advantage because you know what happened. The Lord took him home without healing him here this side of heaven. And <laughs> he got the ultimate healing. We know that. Like your nephew did. I think it was nephew, right? But when God doesn't do everything we want him to do, he's still God. Boy, that's a big pill to swallow right there. And some of us right there... We know that, but we've gone through some stuff right now. And like, why am I not married? Why can't I get out of debt? God, if you're God, I mean, you know, why aren't my children doing this and that? Why are my grandchildren? God, I just, I'm disappointed. Sometimes we just have to trust the Lord. We can't figure it out. Well, I could give an altar call right there, couldn't I? <laughs> I'd be the first one at the altar. Because some of you right now, you're trying to figure out stuff, and truth be known, let's be honest, it's just us, you're hurt. You're hurt, and you don't say you're mad at God, but you're kind of mad at God, kind of taking it out on God, okay? <laughs> if that makes sense. Does that make sense? 
Y'all don't look at me like, uh, <laughs> you know. You know what I'm talking about. You get mad. And by the way, some people don't get mad at God. They get mad at the self, and they start hating themselves. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they may not go to the extreme of this, but then they just take it out on their self. They beat up their self because they don't know a response of how to trust the Lord. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Number two, not only when should we respond when things are broken and needing fixing, but I want you to see this too. The second most of life's important discoveries when it comes to this matter is how. I want to know, Lord, if things are broken, how, don't you want to know how to fix them? Oh, yeah. Don't you want to know why God operates? Sure. Don't you want to know what the Lord has blessed? Yes. All right, good. I do too. Because number two is how should we respond when things are broken and needing fixing? How should we respond? Now, if you'll notice, I just read the text. There are two thoughts that God gave me that I want you to remember. This is going to bless you. You ready? Number one, remember who you are. You got it? You say, I don't make sense. I'll explain. Remember who you are, number one. And number two, remember whose you are. You want to fix the problem when it's broken? Number one, you got to remember who you are. Where do I get that from? I'm glad you said that because it's all right here in the text. And the Lord seemed to indicate to me, here it is right here. Notice in verse number uh, 20. Look at verse 20. I didn't get all the verses on the screen, so hopefully you got your Bible. Look at verse 20. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear thou son of David. Wait a minute, back up. Saying, Joseph, thou son of who? What does that mean? What does that mean, son of David? I'll tell you what I think it means. God was wanting to remind Joseph through the angel who he was. You go through, all right, practically speaking, you go through a problem, you go through trouble, you go through a trial, and then all of a sudden you're going to tell spin, you don't, can't see your way clearly, things are dark, we, we, we can't figure it all out, and things are happening and, and situations, and we, if, watch this, watch this, we're not careful, we can decide in the flesh what we're going to do about stuff. We can make up our own mind and figure it out, leaving God out of the equation. <laughs> You've been there too, right? You know, I'm smart, I'm you know, intelligent, I, I kind of, I've, I've read books about it, and I heard this person on television and on radio, and and uh, I hadn't really got with God. I hadn't really thought things through and I hadn't really prayed things through, but I've already figured out my mind. Life's too fast. I can't take time right now to think this through and pray this through. I've got to do something about it. Woo, shoot from the hip. Woo, shoot from the hip. That's how we operate. <laughs> and then if we're not careful. We make a mess of it, but then we cover it up because we don't really want to acknowledge we made a mess of it. How many have ever made a mess of stuff? <laughs> I have. Oh, my. And I'm prone to do it today. Are you listening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so here's what the Lord says. When we're going through all this range of emotions, why, Lord, why, Lord, I can't figure it out. Lord, it don't make sense. 
I tried to do right. I've tried to live right. I've tried to teach this and that to my children. I've tried to instill in my grand. I've tried to obey you. I've given to your word. All these things we tell God. <laughs> God knows them anyway. <laughs> oh, my. I, I'm, I'm preaching to somebody today besides myself. I'm convinced. So, what do we do? God says, Son, daughter, you need to remember who you are. <whistles> Burdens are lifted. Buddy, you talk about a breakthrough. Son of David. Did you hear what the Holy Ghost through the angels said to Joseph? Son of David. Why did he say that? I think he was telling him, you need to think about who you are. <laughs> hey, by the way, when's the last time you thought about who you are? Let me just remind you. David, the covenant God gave with him, unconditional. 2 Samuel 7, verse 14 through 16. We call it the Davidic covenant. You're the son of David. Yeah, that's right. Even in your genealogical line, there's Boaz, the bachelor in Bethlehem. There's Ruth, the maid uh, from Moabite and, and Rahab. And, you know, all of these are listed here in the book of Matthew. Joseph, don't forget who you are. Have you forgotten who you are in Christ? In Christ. Not outside of Christ. God the Father says, don't forget, you're my son. You're my daughter. <laughs> yes, you're going through this, but you're still mine. Yes, you've got a great inheritance. I love the book of Romans chapter 8. Paul said it this way in chapter 8, verse 16, 17, 18. He said, God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We're children of God. I'll be honest with you, and some of you right here today, you've been discouraged. You've been depressed. But remember who you are if you're a Christian. Remember God's plan for you while you're here. The enemy will keep you discouraged and will be ineffective for the fulfilling God's purpose and plan in our life but God says, remember who you are. Somebody's put it this way. There are two signs to getting older. And one is forgetful-mindedness. I mean, know what I'm talking about. I forgot number two, all right? <laughs> You'll get it later. Hey, look, remember who you are. Somebody said, if you want to be remembered, then borrow stuff. But if you want to be forgotten, loan it out. Remember who you are. We are children of the Most High God. Out of our innermost being flows rivers of living water. The truth has set us free. Christ is in us, and we're in Him, the hope of glory. In Him we live and move and have our being. We have all that abound in Him. Yes, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Yes, uh, uh, out of our, uh, yes, uh, he said, draw wells out of the God's salvation. Remember who you are. I'll tell you what, when you're facing a trial, when you're facing something like Joseph, we can, number one, remember who you are. Son of David, son of David, you're that covenant line. You're the blood bought, the blood washed, the church. And Jesus says, I've got a plan for you. I'm coming back for you. By the way, one day we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Remember who you are. We are part of the family of God. We are the redeemed of God. And we pass from death unto life. 
And, and yes, he's translated from the kingdom of darkness in the kingdom of his dear son. We are chosen generation. We're a royal... I'm telling you, this is what God says. I don't feel that, but that's our problem. It's not what I feel, but thank God is faith, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And thank God we are saved and sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And thank God nothing shall separate us from the love of God. We are the children of the living God. This will help you. It'll help you. When things get broke, you want to fix it? Remember who you are. Number two, remember whose you are. Look what he said. Remember whose you are. Look over there in, in that next verse, verse 21. She shall bring forth a child, call his name Jesus. Remember whose you are. He shall save the people from their sins. And then, listen, beloved, listen. How should we respond? By remembering who we are. Secondly, by remembering whose we are. Jesus Christ was born to die. Mary had a little lamb. Jesus, yes, the just died for us, the unjust. Jesus, God's unspeakable gift, 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Yes, he said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost, Luke 19, 10. God sent not his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned. He that believes, uh, he that believes not on him is already condemned. This is a condemnation. Light is coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Remember whose you are. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was light, and the light was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. Yes, He humbled Himself, Paul says in that kenosis passage, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Yes, Jesus, his incarnation, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Yes, it was in the fullness of time. Galatians 4.4, the Roman roads were perfected. The Greek language was established. God's uh, providential will began to orchestrate the birth of his son. The Old Testament prophets foreshadowed it and foretold it. Behold, a virgin shall bring forth a child. It was Mac Micah said, Bethlehem, Judah, would be the birthplace of our Lord. Pinpointing it hundreds, 500, 700 years prior to the event. Matthew records the words, Hold, a virgin shall bring forth a child. He was delivered up for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Jesus Christ said, No man takes my life. I have the power to lay it down and raise it up again. And Romans 4 and 25, he was crucified. Yes, delivered up for my offenses. I'm guilty. You're guilty. Yes, the just dying for us, the unjust that he might bring us back to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Uh, yes, Jesus said, Behold, I was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. Hold the keys to death and hell. In Revelation 1, 18, it was that incarnation that led to his crucifixion and then his glorious resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He that lives and believes in me shall never die. John eleven twenty five. Christ died for our sins and was buried. On the third day rose again. First Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. 
the gospel, the good news. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. By the way, not only was he crucified and incarnated, but he's going to come again. And Paul says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others who have no hope. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, them also will God bring with him. This we say to you by the word of the Lord, and we which are alive and remain will not go before them which are asleep, for the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel. Don't cut me off. Are you listening? And the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout the voice of the archangel. The trump of God, the dead in Christ, rise first. Those of us that are alive and remain, caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Don't forget who you are and whose you are. And Paul said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We should not all sleep. We should all be chained in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50 following. And no wonder John 14, in my father's house of many mansions. Yes, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. How should we respond? Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. When should we respond? When trouble comes knocking on the door, when we need to trust in God the faith, and when we need to think on some things and pray some things through finally and concluding, why should we respond when things are broken and needing fixing? I'll tell you two things and I'm done. Number one, why should we respond? Because you and I know the Word of God is going to be fulfilled. Look at this. Here he says it. Notice verse 22. All of this was done that it might be fulfilled. It was spoken by the Lord, the prophet. <laughs> Joseph is just getting a confirmation. God's word is carrying on. The Lord's going to fulfill his word. And then notice too. Not only is the word of God going to be fulfilled, but notice the Lord said he's going to be with us. Emmanuel, verse 23. I read yesterday in Tennessee... A man went into Walmart. He went up to the cashier and said, I want to pay off every single layaway. He pulled out $65,000 and said, this is to pay everybody's layaway gifts in this store in Tennessee. Well, needless to say, the people came in. There were tears. There was happiness. A lot of children were going to have had a great Christmas. And it's certainly a great gesture. But I want to tell you something. What's more important than a man paying $65,000 to pay off the layaway at Walmart is Jesus Christ paying for my sins and yours. And for the, anyone who trusts him. Hey, have you got some things that are broken, need fixing? I believe you do. Now, as we apply what we've heard, I want you to stand to your feet right now, those listening as well. Just join us right now and think for a moment. Think for a moment what kind of Things are broken in your life that need fixing. It might be a health issue. You can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. 
But there's a lot of relationships that are broken. There's a lot of broken hearts right now. A lot of broken hearts right now. Broken over things the way things have been happening. Maybe your relationship with Jesus Christ has been strained through all this COVID-19. Deep down inside there's irritation. Deep down inside there's frustration. Are you listening? Are y'all listening? Can you hear me? What's broken in your life? If it's broke, fix it. How? You got to think on things and pray about things first before you do anything else. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Remember, God's in control. He's going to fulfill His will. Yes, He allows us to be part of it. Here's the deal. Joseph, I'm done. Joseph had some things to happen out of his control. How many of y'all agree with that? Joseph had things out of his control. You got things out of your control, and you will, and I will. But he realized that God was in control. Have you realized God is in control? But here, most importantly, listen. What we need to do is say, Lord, I need you to take control. Because we are the biggest problem. We're the ones broken and need fixing. We are the ones broken and need fixing. So, what are you going to do today? You know what you need to do. Do it, please, quickly. Father, I don't even know how to pray as all to pray, but I ask now in the name of Jesus. Open my eyes and our hearts to what you're saying to us today. Thank you who we are in you and whose we are. Accomplish your will in this moment. May people come to trust you in a personal living way right now. More than head knowledge. But Lord, I'm convinced there's a lot of Christians here among us right now that we need to learn how to walk with you and how to follow your Lordship and how to obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit as we respond to things that are broken. I pray, most of all, teach me. Help me. And thank you. Cleanse me. Pray for families now, healing, hope, and help. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen.